Amen. If I didn't bless you, you may want to get your blesser checked out this week and get it in the shop, get it fixed. That was good. Matthew chapter 5 again. I want you to just mark your Bible as we'll look at this passage. It is a familiar passage of Scripture. Verse 16 is my text verse. And I've had this verse on my heart for some weeks now. In fact, I've made reference uh, to the message I'm going to preach in messages for about four weeks now. And uh, the Bible says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see uh, your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The phrase that has been strong in my mind and heart and that I want to preach from this morning is that phrase, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want to do two things today. I want to challenge us to say, okay, this week in my circumstances of life and the things that I have to deal with in my life, I want to bring glory to God. That's the first thing I want to do. I want to challenge us to do that. Second of all, I want to give us instruction from the Scripture how to do that. How do I glorify God in my life and in my circumstances today? Uh, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray in hunger uh, for the power of the Holy Spirit as I prayed uh, many times, even through the night and early this morning. Uh, Lord, this this, this is not a performance and this is not a display. This is not entertainment. Uh, Lord, this is you meeting with us and I simply get to be your your voice, your, your spokesperson from the Word of God this morning. I don't want to fail uh, anyone that's here and the many folks that are watching us online this morning. I don't want to fail them. Most of all, I don't want to fail you. And so I pray that you would fill me once again with the great power of the Holy Spirit. Give me wisdom. Uh, give me power as I preach it this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The instruction on how to glorify God is given in this verse in two different statements. And I've pondered a long time about this. He said, let your light shine. Uh, Let your light shine before men. And then it says that they may see. Let your light shine that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Do you see that? I I, I thought of that. I pondered it. What what does it mean? How can I uh, relate that in my life? I uh, thought of illustrations. For example, you may say, uh, uh, I'm going to go in the house, and my goal uh, uh, to get in the house, I have to go up the steps, but to see the steps, I have to turn the light on. So turn the light on so I can see the steps so I can get in the house. So there's two different instructions. Do you see that? Let your light shine. Let your light shine before men. Why? That they may see your good works. Why? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. How do I turn my light on so the world can see my good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. I've looked at many definitions for that phrase, bringing glory to God. And because the instruction to bring glory to God is found throughout the Word of God, I want to give you some scripture that talk about bringing glory to God. Now the word honor is a similar word. It's a synonym of the word glory. It's a a tad different and yet it's very similar. Whether it says to honor God or bring glory to God. For example, 1 Corinthians 10.31, the Bible says this, Wherefore, whether you eat or drink, (laughs) I like that, don't you? Uh, Whether you eat or drink, and whatsoever you do, he said, do all to the glory of God. 
So you begin with things that you do every day, multiple times a day. Eat, drink, uh, whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, do that to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 6.20 For you're bought with a price. Now what does that mean, that we're bought with a price? Well, I was sold under sin. I was sold under sin and Jesus paid my sin debt. So I was bought with the price of his blood. His death on Calvary bought me. For you bought with the price. That, mean, that means I don't belong to the devil, thank goodness. I don't belong to me, I belong to him. You're bought with the price, therefore glorify God. Here he says, in your body and in your spirit. That would be our attitude, our, our attitude before it becomes an action. But body and spirit would be action and attitude. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And he says that twice. You're bought with a price, so we belong to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9 says it like this. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. We give our tithe, we give our offering to the Lord because we want to bring honor to Him. We want to bring glory to God. First Samuel chapter 2, verse number 30, the last part of that verse says, For them that honor me will I honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And so he tells us to honor Him, and He recognizes that by honoring us. 2 Timothy 2.21, we're talking about how do I glorify God? How do I take the circumstances of my life right now? How do I take what happens to me in life this week and let others see God in me or glorify God in my life? That's the instruction. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. 2 Timothy 2.21 if a man therefore purge himself from these, and he gives a list of sins, of, 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 of selfish, sensual things, he said, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, means to be set apart, and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Proverbs 13, uh, 14, 31 says this, He that oppresseth the poor reproacheth his maker, but he that honoreth him hath mercy on the poor. We don't ignore them, but we do our best to make a positive spiritual difference in their life. Are you with me this morning? Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. So God made me to bring glory to the Father. Another summary definition, and I like this, so get a hold of this if you will. Bringing glory to God means to mirror God in my life. So when I look in the mirror, I don't see me, but I see Christ in me. When the world looks at me, uh, my goal in life is to glorify God. So when they deal with me, it is like dealing with Christ. Now that's a tall order, but that's what God saved me to do. That's what God created us to do. And all God's people said, and that's what God made us to do to bring glory to Him. So others are to see Christ in me. I mirror God in my life. If we said we're going to bring honor to a man, next week we'll recognize... Uh, some faithful servants of the Lord. We're going to recognize some bus workers and bus drivers next week. They've been, they've been driving a bus some 40, some 50 years. 
We're going to honor different pastors. We're going to bring an honor to them. Uh, now and again, you'll see a Kentucky blue sport coat around here. I don't see any this morning. Uh, but we've recognized bus captains if they've had 100 riders on their bus or they've been driving a bus a long time. So we're going to honor some men this morning. Well, I mean, this next week, we're going to bring some glory to them. Uh, what does it mean to bring glory or honor to another man? Well, first of all, it would mean to applaud him before others or bring recognition to him. Or we, glor uh, we bring glory to someone by copying them in their words and deeds and behaviors. How do you honor somebody? Well, you do what they do, or you do what they did, or wear clothes like them, or those that would bear his name. You'll see uh, during a baseball season, football season, you'll see fellas uh, wearing a jersey of uh, their favorite player. They're bringing honor to them because they like who they are, or they like what they've accomplished. We do it in all areas of life, clothes and cars and buildings and hospitals and businesses and structures and bridges and highways and towns. We name them after an individual to bring glory and honor to them. Now I'm preaching at you this morning. I'm going to ask you a question. What have we done to bring glory to God this week? And what are we going to do? How are we going to live this week to bring glory to God in our lives, in our circumstances, in our situations of life? How will we bring glory to God? That's the challenge from the Scripture this morning. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father uh, which is in heaven. Have you ever heard this statement uh, someone said to you, uh, you're just like your grandfather. Maybe they knew your grandfather and you didn't. And what does that mean, you're just like your grandfather? It means, well, you act like him, or you have their traits. Uh, maybe one of a good compliment would be, boy, you cook just like your grandmother. That's a good compliment. And, and, and so you live their life in or through your life. The Bible challenge for us today is to bring glory to God. I'm preaching to you this morning. You and I are not supposed to magnify ourselves. We're to magnify Christ in our lives. Now you may think, well, that doesn't sound like much fun. And that doesn't sound like much enjoyment. Friend, until we have lived to fulfill our purpose, we don't understand what joy is because joy is living to fulfill the purpose for which we are made. And our purpose is to bring glory to God. I read an interesting story and it went like this. President Woodrow Wilson told the story of being in a barber shop. He said, and I quote, I was sitting in a barber chair when I became aware that a powerful personality had entered the room. A man had come quietly in upon the same errand as myself to have his hair cut and sat in the chair next to me. Every word the man uttered showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. Before I finished, I was aware that I had attended an evangelistic service because Mr. D.L. Moody was the man in that chair. I purposely lingered, President Woodrow Wilson said, I purposely lingered in the room even after he left and noted the singular effect that his visit had brought in the barber shop. They spoke in undertones 
They all did not know his name, but they knew something had elevated their thoughts. And I felt that I left that place as I should have left a place of worship. What an example of bringing glory to God. The presence of the man of God, D.L. Moody, just going into a barber shop was like the presence of God entering that place. The Bible says that you and I let our light so shine that they may see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Now, we didn't read just verse 16. We read 13, 14, 15, and 16. And in those verses, the Lord gave two illustrations to show how what we are will have an impact on what others do. Uh, Let me just say this morning, you and I are supposed to be making a positive difference in this world for Christ. We are not just here to pass through. We are here to make a difference for Christ. May I say this morning, if you were in this building and the lights were off and someone was holding a light, all eyes coming into this building would be on that one light. And the Bible gives us two illustrations of what you and I are supposed to be. First of all, we're to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I think we all understand we're living in a world of decay and darkness. But we're supposed to have an impact on the decay and darkness in our world. The Bible's accuracy of those two different words should be noted. And I don't think we should mix them up. We're not the salt of the world and the light of the earth. We're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Now think about it. You and I are salt. You and I are light. What does salt do? Well, salt resists decay. It cannot change corruption into incorruption, but it does prevent corruption from spreading. How many of you have ever been a part or your parents, grandparents are part of curing a country ham? Good for blood pressure. If you suffer from low blood pressure, I recommend country ham. You cure it. What are you doing when you cure a ham? You're preventing decay with salt. Now, when you and I point out the rottenness of the world and that it's getting worse, what we're really saying is the salt is losing its savor. Now, we're not supposed to lose our savor. Stay with me this morning. Salt is a miraculous substance. Chemistry is quite interesting and amazing. And I'll bore you with the little details, but it's interesting to me if you'll listen to it. It's chemically, salt is chemically composed of sodium and chloride. If you poured just hydrochloric acid on your hand, it would decay, it'd eat it off. If you drank hydrochloric acid, it'd take your life in a few minutes. But if you added sodium to hydrochloride, you have salt. One of the most common, most useful substances on earth, a substance essential actually to life itself. Listen to this statement. When God pours His grace into the hydrochloride of our lives, the result is a miracle. 
Because an unregenerated person becomes regenerated by the power of Christ and he's placed in a world for the blessing of all mankind that the world cannot exist without. In fact, our forefathers said, our form of constitution is no good except for a moral people. And what they were saying is, when we lose the salt of the earth, our constitution is ineffective and that's happening right now. I preached to us this morning, you and I are supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're to live as heavenly people in an earthly environment, just as salt adds flavor to food. We're to use our godly influence in this world. Now, some folks give the wrong idea of Christianity. I'm reminded of what uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, an American uh, physician and poet and humorist, he said, and I quote, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. You see, my job as a preacher is not an advance agent for, an under, for the undertaker. My job is the advance agent for the winning side. You and I are on the winning side and that is the purpose of the Christian. You and I are to be the salt of the earth. But also he says we're to be light. Listen to these five statements. Salt is unseen, though powerful. Light is seen. Salt deals with the morals. Light deals with the spiritual. Salt relates to our character. Light relates to our conduct. Salt deals with what a person deals with what a person is. Light deals with what a person does. We know that light removes darkness. And the word translated world relates to the whole created order of things. And it is our function as Christians. It is our function as light to uh, to make a people aware of their relationship to the creator and the savior of the world. We're to turn the light of the gospel on. Otherwise, people walk in darkness, but they don't walk in fear or danger. They don't know what's around them. We're to be the light of the world. Our job is to point people to their need of Christ. We're to remind people of the existence and authority of God by living in the will of God and living like Christ. The Bible tells, uh, uh, the, the Bible says of Noah that he condemned the world. And it doesn't say condemn the world with his preaching. Condemn the world with his righteousness. You see, let your light shine. And he's not talking about just talking. He's talking about our light shine is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've met a multitude of people that never even thought they were in darkness. I asked them, do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? I don't know. Some folks in our world have never thought about it. But friend, whether you think about it or not, one day all of us are going to die. And when we do, you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. My job is to turn 
delight on and say Jesus is the Savior of the world and He is the one that can give you eternal life. I'm preaching to teenagers this morning. Let your light shine that they may see your good works. Let your light shine that they can see the salt and bring glory to God. Turn the light on. Speak up for Christ. I'm going to give you three words here. Uh, Just as a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid, our testimony for God, first of all, must be consistent. Second of all, it must be continuous. And third of all, it must be conspicuous or it must be seen. He says here, a light that's under a bushel or a light that's under the bed, it gives no value to those that are in the room or those that are in the house. Hey, Christian, turn your light on. Take the bushel off. Let your light shine before men that they may see your salt, that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. That's our job. This is not a choice that we say, well, I don't know if I want to do that or not. We'll stand before God and give an account for how we lived our lives. I'm not to glorify sin and Satan and the world, but I'm to bring honor and glory to Christ. Exodus chapter 34, Moses had spent time with God. He went on the mountain and he spent time with God. And it was so evident that Moses had spent time with God that his face did shine. I don't understand exactly how that happened, but his face did shine. In fact, he was with the light. He was with Christ. He was with God to the place that his face was brightly lit to the place that they put a veil over Moses. That's how bright his light was by being with God. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 34, uh, the Bible tells us uh, that they knew he had been with God. i ask you a question this morning. Can the world tell that we've been with God? Will they know tomorrow that we were with God on Sunday? Will they know tomorrow that we walked with him in the morning? Uh, do we show forth Christ in our lives? Do we show Christ in our responses of life? Do we show Christ in our response to the difficult circumstances of life? Do we show Christ in the love of our hearts and our lives? Do we show Christ in our love for righteousness? Do we show Christ in our love for others? Look at it again, verse number 16. Look at verse number 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine. What does so shine means? It means put it on a candlestick. Let everybody see it. Let everybody see it. We, we, we live in a divisive and a negative world to the place that we've decided we're just going to live our own little lives and we're going to live alone and we're going to stay in our little routines, drive from our house to our stores, uh, to our place of work, to our church, and we're just going to go in that same circle. The Bible says, turn your light on. Let it so shine that others may see, not just you, but others may see. Let your light so shine. before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 9. Let's look at this. Just the next page over. Matthew 6, verse number 9. You'll like this illustration. 
You'll like it for several reasons. First of all, it's the last illustration of the sermon. And it's about food. Verse number 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Verse number 10, Thy kingdom come. Look at this phrase. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Do you think God's will is done in heaven this morning? You think everybody's doing what they're supposed to do in heaven? You think the angels and the cherubims and the seraphims and all the host of people, the great cloud of witnesses, you think God's will is being done in heaven? I believe it is this morning. He said, let His will that's done in heaven be done on earth. You know what I'm supposed to do? My life is to bring some heaven to earth this week. While we live in the United States of America, we have restaurants from countries around the world. One of my favorite is the Mexican restaurant. I like it. One of these days, I'm actually going to eat the meal rather than five pounds of chips and dip before my meal gets there. <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir, it sounds like, this morning. Now, what have they done? They brought a bit of Mexico. Now, I've been to Mexico. I preached in Mexico. I've preached in several towns and cities in Mexico. And I've eaten authentic Mexican food. And what they've done, they brought a bit of Mexico to America. You go in and the colors are lime green and whatever the wild colors are. The sombreros are there. You tell them what you want to eat. Usually it's something you can't say. And I just say, I'll have that one right there. Polo Bandolero. I've, I've memorized that one. I know what that one is. I asked in Mexico, I said, what does Polo Loco or Loco Polo mean? That said, and they said it means crazy chicken or happy chicken. I said, that's what I am, a happy chicken-eating preacher. That's what I am. But you know what they've done? They've set up Mexico in America. They play Mexican music. They serve Mexican food. That's what you expect when you go in there. You, you don't go in and order a quarter pounder with cheese. You don't go in there and order a Whopper. You can tell them experience at all these nice restaurants. Now, you know what you and I are supposed to do this week? We're supposed to bring heaven to earth. Church is not supposed to be another example of the world. It's supposed to be as God's will is done in heaven, so should it be done in earth. So our music, our behavior, our vocabulary... All that we do, it ought to be like heaven on earth. And that's what it means when the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 16, Let your light so shine before men that you may see your good works, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I challenge you this week, let's let the world see Christ in us. Stand with me, if you will. There's many applications we could make. Christ was not the best treated individual on earth. He was not. Sure, there was Palm Sunday. Sure, there was the days that they praised Him as He came, but just a week later they cried, Crucify Him. 
Many sought to find fault in Christ. How did he respond to the difficulties, to the hatred, to the accusations? How did he respond to the sin-filled world? That's what I'm supposed to learn. I'm to let my light shine that they may see my good works and glorify God in my life.